Yeah, come around the horn, uh, coming into verse five. But it didn't occur to me until just now that with this boomerang word and, and you know setting up a there's a, a B formation that's set up when I you know saw Michael the Archangel at the uh, tip of that. Oh uh, yeah. You know is a you know a B B formation went out yeah. when he said weird and I said he's weird and they went into B formation. Yeah. So it could be that, that, and then another thing, you know, because you say you come around the horn, and Jeff Manning's words, Saturday night, about. Um, St. Louis Arts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, because, and I sent the word on that about what had happened to me years ago in the 72 and Zebulon. Did you read that? Uh, I might have read a couple paragraphs and something that's all Anyways, this it was about the planning of the monarchy and, and then this set another guy from the tribe of Zebulon brings me seventy two cents. Oh uh, yeah, I did I scanned through that real fast. I yeah, and he right. says the Missouri River and it was a Missouri and it was Rhode Island point. And the words like look at that because he'd give me Psalms eighty nine twenty five. Which basically says he'll set his hand on the sea and on the uh, rivers, and it deals in trade. It deals with trade and finance and economics. And right after that, the Lord's like, I'm, "It's time for your ship to come in uh, to come into a a channeler, and a channeler is means uh, a resupply on a ship." And so the ship comes in and someone brings me cash, puts it in my checking account. And my ship comes in because I had sowed up my time. And then it comes in the next year and they so I'm going to go put this in your checking account so I can pay some bills and stuff. You know, and then I punched more out of that because uh, that's just the way I learned economics with the kingdom. Is I got, keep building. Yeah, I tithe and then I have an expansion amount and I'll run that amount and then that... That's my ship goes out to sea, my Zebulon ship, and they'll come back and I'll get a return on it. And I'm right now, I'm waiting on my next big return. So, from that word, he said, uh, uh, Saturday night, and then the Lord's like, Well, I'm bringing this thing around the horn. I said, Oh, that's what all the straightening feeling and uh, feeling is, is because this thing's coming around a is this perilous down there on a ship around those those horns of like South America and Africa? You can get in some really perilous seas. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie with Russell Crowe, Master and Commander. I can't remember. I think so. They end up going around the horn and, and when they do, it breaks the mast off on the ship. And 
uh, one of the crew, like, he's up in the, whatever that's called. Crow's he's up, nest. Huh? Crow's nest? Yeah, he's in the crow's nest. It snaps the mast. I don't know if it was the main mast. I think it was the main mast. It's, it snaps it, and he goes flying out. Well, all the ropes get tangled up on the ship off the mast, and they can't get him back in. And it is, uh, I mean, to snap a main mast is a serious weather issue. And uh, and so he goes out and falls out into the sea, and he has his friend, just like his closest friend that's on board, and can't get him back. And so Russell Crowe's gonna lose the whole ship if he don't like cut the ropes. So the guy, he dies. The other guy basically wants to raise up a mutiny against him on the ship because he has to basically let a guy go and die just to save everybody. And his best friend is wounded because of that. It's a hard leadership decision. It sets up problems for for his model and style of leadership in the future. He ends up having to have the other guy flogged to say can't raise a mutiny on this ship because we gotta stay, we got a mission and we gotta complete it. But it's just opposing his leadership um, modeling master and commander with, uh, there's a naturalist on board and his type of, it's basically sort of right based, left based type juxtaposition of leadership. It's a really good film. And, uh, and then on the, one of the guys' numbers it says, hold fast. I think it says hold fast, which is in Hebrews, by the way. When you're like going through something like hold fast, it's tattooed in there. It, 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 I think it, it says hold fast, or I know it says fast. I think it's. Uh, so, anyways, uh, anyways, this thing's coming up and making a turn. Right. And we'll come up to verse 5. And he's got the picture of the ship coming back in the. It's going to come into harbor. I'm saying I got an encounter today, and he showed me this is this ship's coming to shore. He gives me a whole encounter about it, based off of Sunday's meeting and Saturday's meeting. It's just building a storyline. So I'm looking forward to this ship coming in, and it moves up, uh, moves us into the next season that we're about to go into. Which hopefully will be, you know, remnant explosion or whatever you said. Remnant blowout. The remnant blowout. <laughs> Let's just call that. Let's just take that as our our word for the next season. The remnant blowout. After we get through this investiture, we've got two more weeks of investiture. So, all right. So, on the on the shipping Gaza. So. Did you see my, have you seen my Evernote on this yet? Yeah, I read that. It was pretty short. There's no like handful of Bible verses. Yeah, it's short. I put a thesis statement in it this time. I'm gonna try to like, try to make it. There's, yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I, I think I'm calling it like, Shimihaza exposed or something like that. Um, Shim, right, we have this name, right? Hashim. Yeah. Shem means, you know, the name, or Hashem, the name. Uh, Haza means uh, seas. 
So it's this idea is the name seeds. Like ocean. Uh, like ocean. Seas. Oh. No. Like seas eyes. Uh, and I like that. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. It means the name has seen or sees something like that. Um, and um, so the idea behind it is I'm really glad I'm meeting with you today because this makes sense with your name and everything. Because the verse five, you know, it says at his right hand, right? He will strike down kings in the day of his wrath. So it's at his right hand, Benjamin. Right, so that probably is why you're saying, is this like a seat for me or something like this? Because it's at his right hand. He's seated at his right hand, right? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense from yesterday, don't it? You might be engaging not just with verse one, but verse five. Okay. Yesterday, because we were un you were unseating Shinihaza from our throne. Well, from Sunday, I don't really know. Actually, I do know something. But oh man, this is incredible what happens Sunday. But let's just kind of back up a minute. In Song of Songs, it says, maybe we could find this. It says, uh, just so we have a reference. Uh, it says, uh, in Song of Songs, seven or something? Or it might be eight. His left hand is, his left hand is behind my head or something like that. Let's see if we can find it. And his right should come for me. Something like this. His left hand is under my head and his right arm embraces me. Song of Solomon 2.6. It's also later on. So we, let's write that down. Song of Solomon 2.6. That's, but it's also, it's also in Song of Solomon 7 or 8. Um, something similar to that. Um, oh yeah, 8.3. His left hand is under my head and his... And his right hand should embrace me. Yeah, there it is. Now, what's the difference? So we got those two. Let's write those down. And then, what's the difference between two six and eight three? What do you see is like a different a difference there? Um, let's see here. Is, okay, so eight three ASV says his left hand should be under my head, and his right hand should embrace me. Okay, so going back to 2.6. His left hand is under my head and his right arm embraces me. So there's differences between is and should, right? And I remember when the Holy Spirit pointed this out to me. It's interesting because she's very different. In 2.6, she's a, you know, the soul there. Uh, it's very, uh, the bride is more confident on the front end than she is on the back end, right? Which is interesting because you know you'd think it'd be the other way around. But her she's not saying I think that he has to do this or he will, but uh, you know, but I've learned this about him. Now, the left hand, uh, Stephen asked me this yesterday, the left hand of God deals with. Uh, I, I would call it uh, long-range prophetic revelation. 
because it's on the back of the head, which is where the vision, you know, your vision is. So when I when I think about that, I think about the Levitical priesthood. So Levi is on the left. He's on the left of, uh, of his, uh, Judah. Um, but uh, Benjamin's on the right. And we know that Benjamin, uh, Jacob, is going to see Benjamin correctly. And he says, uh, no, he's son of my right hand. Whereas uh, Rachel's going to be with wrong and say, no, he's son of my sorrows, right? So we know that. And we know that, what is it, Psalm 16 or something? At his right hand or pleasure forevermore. Yeah. So we know that that's where all the pleasure of the Godhead is at the right hand. Uh, all right. So there's pleasure there at the right hand. And on the left is revelation. So the left deals with the likeness of God. Okay, so we got Levi dealing with likeness and form. We got uh, Benjamin dealing with pleasure and image. Right? Cool. So there's just like a base teaching for the way I was taught this. And that's, now, and that's related to the southern kingdom. Because Benjamin and Levi, they're going to hang out with Judah in the southern kingdom. And some Simeonites are going to hang out with Judah. But the rest of the brothers, they're all in the northern kingdom. Oh. They're, they're, they're in the north. Um, and then, of course, in what's happening with us with uh, X2N, we have a full... We have a full family now. Mm -hmm. We got all, we got representation of all of them uh, that have come near. All right. So now, with that being said, uh, so when you're coming around the horn, so to speak, we're coming up in the Shemikaza. Uh, 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 the way that I'm getting this from the Lord is. Uh, I, I, I think it's like that tip of the, that spear or that uh, that one through one wait one waiting for two three and the four. I don't know. This could be. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm overly simplifying, but I think I'm correct on this. Is that the one two three deals with the Levitical sort of left side and the. The seven six five deals with the right side. It's like bringing two eyes together out of your mind and bringing them together into four. You're a priest forever out of today. Because um, Shimmy Haza Hashim sees, he sees, uh, he sees the phantom death. Um, there's this word salim. It's uh, it's spelled in the English T S E L E M salim. And it it means basically it means image, shadow, or phantom. So Shimi Haza is an evil principality that's currently sitting in this throne, but he's a 
Phantom. He, he, he made up, he said, oh, maybe it's harder. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think he may be a Tartars, which, you know, that's why I was saying something. I don't know if he's ever sure. I don't know, but I think he may be a Tartars, which is, Peter talks about that. Peter's the only one that speaks of Tartars. But it's, it's where uh, these demons that came down in Genesis 6 and produced giants that produced Nephilim, Nephilim and Rahim, where they were uh, cast into because of their uh, because they, they came down to the daughters of men and produced the giants, and out of the giants came the Nephilim and Raphael. And I think Nephilim was like pre-flood, and Raphael was post-flood. Now, only thing, I don't, I don't really understand all this so fully. What I'm saying, so um, I know that. We've got two texts we've been working with, Dr. Michael Heiser's Reversing Herman. And then we, I also found this last night. Derek Gilbert did a book called Southside of Morrison. And in that book, he deals with Shimmy Haza. And uh, I didn't know this until Henry said it to me uh, yesterday. And I watched him on it. And he's dealing with uh, Jupiter and Saturn coming together December 21st, 2020, uh, which was, you know, the collider had stopped, started up, uh, you know, September the 20th, but this, it was called a conjunction of these two stars, Jupiter and Saturn. And he believes that it begins the golden age of Aquarius, where there would so this is a complex thing. I can't go into it because I don't understand that I'm waiting on resources so I can just buy the book. Because I need that book so I can, you know, get to the next thing. Well, Saturn, so whatever. But I, I, I don't know that the words like, I know that there's, an, there's a macro perspective here. Okay, let's say there's a macro Saturn and Jupiter conjunction and Tartarus and Haza. But my takeaway from the word on it is um, the word. The words wanting to do a micro narrative, just kind of like we did with Daniel and I, yeah. with us related to Shem Haza, because it means Hashem or Shem sees. He sees the phantom in it. Shimmy Haza is an evil principality, right? He's a he's a he's actually was the leader of one hundred and ninety nine other angels. They're fallen angels called the Watchers. Um, that uh, there's they're describing uh, first Enoch uh, chapter number six, and there were nineteen other guys underneath here. And, and underneath those guys was nine guys apiece, which equates up to 200 or 200 fallen angels. Shimmy Haza was the leader of 199 of them. And he basically gets them to make a pact with them to go down to them because they, they basically lusted after the, the daughters of men because of their beauty. And it, I mean, it, it's not just in Enoch 6, it's also in Genesis 6. But it doesn't say Shimmy Haza in Genesis, it says that in 1 Enoch 
Yeah. Um, of which Michael Heiser and Eric Gilbert and Thomas Horn, they all deal with this. And, it, and then another guy that uh, is a, a Russian guy, which and I think he's got material that we're going to be going into. His name is uh, Andrea Orlov. I read the conclusion of that long article. The 20 pager on Festival Glory. Yeah, I just read the last two paragraphs. All right. So. So what I'm trying to get from this is what Chibiaza stands for or lost in a in a macro narrative way. God's reinstating to His sons um, in a micro narrative way. So this is you know my thesis is in investiture number five. It has to do with the eye that sees. And the, um, I'm going to actually put the right eye. I'm, I'm amending my thesis a little bit because I'm just getting all this. The right eye that sees and exposes to cast out, strike uh, by the right hand. I'm going to put that down. Uh, the phantom, the shadow image king. Jimmy Hollywood, the shadow image king. Not, not, yes. And this is the, this is what, this is the kind of, his name, what it means. It's kind of like Sennacherib. Sennacherib means like, I forgot what like Cindy means, but it's it's like he's he's like a cherub. He's like Sennacherib. He was attacking Hezekiah. Was to bring Hezekiah out of it. To bring God was using the enemy to promote. So he uses Sennacherib on Hezekiah basically to bring the words were to bring Israel into the Ark of the Covenant and to live before the Ark of the Covenant and he, he's using an Assyrian king to get Hezekiah as a king into a right position with him. Does that make sense? Like the word will use your like I said so that he will use your enemy to promote you. So in this case but but what you end up doing is you, when you dispossess your enemy, you take your enemy's power, basically, and now you have what your enemy had. Because they, your enemy, Jesus, it says the enemy had nothing in him. But the reason why he had nothing in him is because Jesus was already, Jesus already had, uh, Sennacher can't do anything to to Jesus. He can mess with Hezekiah and all of Israel and try to starve them out. The women are eating their children and all this kind of thing. And Rep Shock is like screaming over the wall telling them to defect and break their loyalty to Hezekiah. But God's trying to use Sennacher to make Hezekiah and that whole Israel a better nation. And then so then, what does the Lord do? He sends an angel and kills 185,000 Assyrians. So... And Sennacherib goes, whoop, whoop, back to Assyria. 
and he 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 was a perfected siege warfare guy. And so this is similar. I'm using it as an example because if this thing of Shimmy Heiser is let's say messing with our crew, and we overcame something, and and uh, Tom knows it, Henry knows. It. I mean, I never went. I knew we broke through. I mean, Stephen singing Giants for the first time since Enzy Hop seven years ago. He played that a lot of Enzy Hop. He has He pulls that out. It's left by the board too. So we're coming around that thing. The words like you're coming up. I said all around verse four. He's like right. You're coming around the horn. And I knew man. And then Stephen comes online with Giants. And I'm like, oh, I mean, yes. You know, and he's not trying to force the worst girl. But the point is, is that, oh, Shimmy Haza, the name that sees, you're going to open our eyes now. But this opening of your eye exposes the false image in someone else. It, it's a full exposure of the false image. Right? And um, so the phantom image or the shadow image um, has to expose himself. Now, what's interesting about this is um, this false image is exposed just by the book of the eye. So this false image would have to give allegiance to uh, or would say just like it has to like answer to the phantom image has to answer to uh, the royalty of our kingdoms inside of us so it has to like cough it up and it, and it will and uh, it, it will come out uh, because it has to because now the name sees the name that's in us sees by the right eye, by and strikes by, you know, the right hand. Because he strikes down kings on the day of his wrath. So of course we, you know, we pray for mercy because mercy triumphs over judgment. But mercy will bring the wrath of God. Um, and it, this happened, I think, with Peter with Ananias and Sapphira, which. Uh, Steve, Steve Scroggs in our you know, meeting got got in. Uh, all right, if, there, if there's someone lies or something, so now we're starting to get into something a little more dangerous. You know, right? Your danger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, one ten five. Oh, sovereign Lord, at your right hand, he strikes down kings in the day. He unleashes his anger. So is Shimmy Haza one of the kings that we struck down someday? I think that whatever Shimmy Haza, I don't know what kind of influence he has. I don't know where he's at. I think he might be a Tartarus. But it's, it's more like this to me. I, I can't. But whatever Shimmy Haza has, meaning his name sees, the name sees, well, now we do. Yeah. Yeah. So Shimmy Haza doesn't, in, in this sense, doesn't, you know, I don't know if you remember when we're going for, for Yod Laman, excuse me, Yod Pop, Laman Mim, and I have that encounter with Apollyon, 
Yeah. All not right before 9/11. Yeah. And it's and it's Amos 9/11, Revelation 9/11, right? And and so uh, Derek Gilbert thinks that Apollyon is Jimmy Hodge. I don't. I don't know about that. I'm not saying it's, that he's not, but I don't think so. But but that's kind of his. He's going to persist that in his work on Saturn. And he calls him a lot more names. He, he calls him Pronos, Pronos, different names that have been that are used. Um, uh, another word like Yenwell or something like that. Uh, he, he says his name is the God of Gods. Uh, it's this kind of idea of the God of Gods. Uh, um, so, so, what you think about? Nothing. It's crafting. All right. Because if you need to say something, yeah, I'll interrupt you. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Interrupt me. It don't matter. Uh, Moses. So, so then, um, I'm getting this. This. uh, Well, today what I get is this is the Lord tells me like. Like, look at where you're at in Psalm 119. So I go to 119 today, and I'm I'm actually at Psalm 119, 119, and uh, we'll be moving into Psalm 119, 120 this week. And uh, uh, and it says, uh, "You remove all the wicked of the earth like slag or like dross. Therefore, I love your rules." My body trembles because I fear you. I am afraid of your judgment. And uh, this is finishing up. That 120 finishes up the smack. This, before we go into the next letter, this we're, we're coming up a lot. Uh, you know, coming to, you know, closure on smack and getting ready, going to Iowa uh, as our ministry's transitioning. Again, you remove all the wicked of the earth like slag or like dross. And it's a better allergical kind of idea, the dross coming up. Therefore, I love your rules. Uh, I love your law. Uh, I'm not, I love your judgments. So he, the fear of judgment is motivating him to obey God's rules. Like, whatever you say, you know, whatever you say for it. Like, and it, so if you take this and match it, you can see how, right? Yeah. It goes with Psalm 105, right? Yeah. All right, so, well, I, I, you know, I always look ahead. I'm like, well, my body trembles. Well, and, and we know in Isaiah it says, you know, we should tremble at his word. The, the Lord admires that, or that there's a... The kind of people he wanted are the ones who tremble at his word. Well, you know, I look at this word tremble, but trembles here though. It's only used one other time in the Hebrew. And the word is uh, samar, which is semechmim uh, reish. Samar means to tremble. And it occurs only here in Job 4.15. So now, so you call him 5. Okay, he strikes down the peace in the day of his behind his right hand, Benjamin, here you are. At his right hand. Strikes down kings in the day of his wrath. 
Then the Lord tells me, okay, 119, where are you at? And I'm like, 119, 119.5 is actually to be accurate. Right in the middle of 119, 119.5, which means I'm going to finish up 119 here this week. I'll be at 120 next week. Um, and so I'm like, therefore, it's like 120 my body trembling right now. Samar is in Jug 415. So we go to Jug 415. And it says, then a breath of air passes by my face. It makes the hair of my flesh stand up. Now, what do you think of when you hear that? Like a dog? Or really scared. Yeah. Have you ever had the hair stand up on a dick? Have you ever been around the mind spirit and your hair will stand up on your neck? Uh, I don't know, but sometimes I get afraid of the dark. Okay. I'll suddenly like, inside. I'm really scared right now. <laughs> Alright. Well, I've been in the presence of demons and cast them out. It's like, man. Uh, your hair will stand up on the back of your neck. Because you feel scared? No. I don't know. It's, you know. So, now, like, just to like point out something here, Stephen brings me Sunday, before any of this is going out, uh, the silver chair, C.S. Lewis, and asked me to read chapter 12. And um, it, it deals with this green queen being uh, basically exposed and reveals herself to be a servant, and which matched perfectly with Shemihaza being this thing, the god, the name sees the phantom image. This is like my thesis. And then strikes down by the right hand, strikes down that phantom image. Okay, in the day of the grasp. All right, so, so the right eye sees and the right hand strikes. Um, now, so, so back to chapter 15, then a breath of air passes by my face. It makes the hair of the flesh stand up. It stands still, but I cannot recognize its appearance. It's phantom. Dude, this is so, I love it. An image is before my eyes, and I hear a murmuring voice. Well, now, this is Eliphaz speaking to Job. So the word like is taking me, okay, see the connection. Psalm 1-10-5, then, okay, Psalms, it's, Michael Heiser calls it a matrix, and that's the Lord will run you through all the passages and it creates a story, like, but, and it'll all match, but it's like, it's the way the word works. I mean, it's the way he teaches. So, and, so the image is before my eyes. So I'm seeing the image, but I and I hear something, but I can't recognize its appearance because it's a phantom image, a shadow image. It's Shimeaza. The Shimeaza though is the image, but I haven't been able to recognize it here before. But now I'm beginning to see a false image. All right, so and I hear a murmuring voice. Well. Well then, I'm like, I get into this in NET and it says, the noun, uh, dima, uh, it's dollar mem mem hey, means palm, 
the voice I hear is kind of the same remain silent or cease refers to this calm um, but it's a calm after the storm uh, remember we're coming around the, uh, yeah. we're coming around the horn we're coming yeah. around number four um, anyways I just got this text or email that says congratulations on receiving the dynamo and it, it's almost like Domino. Dom, Domino. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so crazy. I, ah, yeah. You know, congratulations. Psalm 107 29. Um, uh, now look at this. This is kind of where this goes. And then, and then I'm going to back out of this and show something. So, so. This is verse 25, uh, 107.25. He gave the order for the windstorm. This is speaking of the Lord. And it stirred up the waves of the sea. They reached up to the sky, then dropped into the depths. The sailor strength left them because the danger was so great. They swayed and staggered like a drum, and all their skill proved ineffective. So, no matter what skill set they had, it proved ineffective. And because a lot of times, you know, we bring all we can to the table, but your skills, they just, they're not going to carry you through this stuff. They cried out to the Lord in distress. He delivered them from all their troubles. He calmed the storm and the waves grew silent. So this, this thing where he calmed the storm is this understanding of God for this word, Adamamah. This, and the waves grew silent. The sailors rejoiced because the waves grew quiet. And he led them to a harbor. Another translation says a safe haven or a harbor they desired. So you know I was saying that the ship, the Zebulon ship coming back in the port. Well, I got the word of the Lord on it now. And it's related to this phantom image or Shemihaza, the God that. Uh, the name C. So I don't know if you can see the whole picture there. It's being painted through, you know, Codex 4 Inception on the point, coming around the bend, the horn, Sunday. Shimmy Haza taking this, this, receiving this Shimmy Haza idea. Uh, uh, yeah, ability that he has. So he's replaced, basically, because of what he had would it uh, uh, he made a he made a covenant pack and broke God's rule uh, for immorality and so your phantom image the immoral phantom image is being exposed uh, and so uh, when you go by this Evernote file so, so that's the that's one side of this. Now, the other side of this is uh, 
in Psalm, well, in Psalm 13, 3, it says, Take a good look at me, Yahweh, my God, and, and answer me. Breathe your life into my spirit. Bring light into my eyes in the pitch black darkness or I'll sleep the sleep of death. So this gets a little bit back to Shamar last week about the light opening up in the eyes. But, uh, but, but also he's saying, um, unless you breathe your life into me and open my eyes, open my eyes, I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. Um, and then in Matthew 6, Jesus will say that the eye is the lamp of the body. Within your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is diseased, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you as darkness, how great is that darkness? Um, uh, uh, and then in, in Enoch 39, 3 through 6, he says, I am the one who has seen the face of the Lord, iron made burning hot by a fire, emitting sparks. You gaze into my eyes, a human being created just like yourself. But I gazed into the eyes of the Lord, like the rays of the shining sun, and terrifying the eyes of a human being. You, my children, you see my right hand. Beckoning you, a human being created identical to yourselves, but I have seen the right hand of the Lord. Now, why does he have the right hand with the with the eye here? You know, uh, the word shows me that Psalms, and I put Psalms one ten five emphasis line because he's connecting the eye of the Lord with the right hand of the Lord. Beckoning me, who feels heaven, O Lord, you know. He's the eternal dimension of himself. He is eternity. Uh, he fills the heaven. Again, that's Enoch. So, um, so then the Lord turns this to me and he shows me. Yeah, but I want you to see this. So, Deuteronomy 34, 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died. But his eye was not dull nor had his vitality departed. And, and what is this about? Why? Because his face shone like the sun. So, I mean, his face shone not like the sun, but his face shone, shone, had a bit of over his Well, when you get in that Andrea, Andrea Orlov's uh, white paper I put up, vested with Adam's glory, Moses as the luminous counter, part of Adam and the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Markian homilies. Speaking of Mark, it's gospel. Um, I believe that's what he's saying. He's, he's basically what he's doing in this is he's saying Moses was on this path of uh, becoming a luminary in the face because Adam had lost his when he failed. He was losing the light in his whole body. That's why he wanted to put clothing over his body. And of course, uh, this light is being restored in Moses' face. So his eye is not dull. And and so this gets back to Shemekaza. It's the, right? You see it? And it gets back to the Transfiguration, uh, Matthew 17, where Jesus is going to 
uh, reveal his glorified body and transfigure himself to you know Peter, James, and John. Moses' eye is not full. He got the Shimihaza ability to see through the phantom Yep. Oh, you, you put it together nicely. That's good. Yeah. And Adam had this, and Adam, you know, fell, and you know, lives a lot longer. And, you know, then the world strike basically man can only live 120 years. Now it's down to 70 to 80. Maybe we, some people make it over 100. You know, um, and he, of course, this references back to some of the things I'm talking about. The light that do I have begotten, that light is coming back in to illuminate us and, uh, and you know, expose, exposing the phantom image. And so, you know, I thought it was kind of weird, you know, like, well, I'm going to call this thing Shimihaza Exposed, um, you know, the, the fifth investiture. And I'm like, can I do that, you know, because he's a fallen angel, but, you know, we're not saying that, you know, we're taking on some kind of fallen angel. It's, this was what was lost in the investiture of Adam. And Moses begins to pick it up. So now we're just taking it back completely. Right, because we're headed to a glorified third temple glorified body. We gotta pick up all the stuff that Adam lost. Yes, because Jesus paid for all of it for us. So we're 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 going through in you know a reverse coronation right now and in a confirmation uh, just like Heiser will do reversing her Well there's we're in the middle of, literally in the middle of a reverse coronation. Why? Because he's reinvesting man <laughs> with what has been lost. Yeah. So no more, you know. Um, and it, there's a seven-part investiture that we're in right now. And this is the fifth part of it. Um, and, you know, I was thinking the fifth would be the war scroll, but I was like, I mean, is the war scroll itself, like, a part of an investiture, uh, apparently not. It's maybe utilized uh, in the hand, but uh, as a component of investiture, but something you hold on to. This investiture is about something you have inside. It's not something that's. It's not something you're grabbing, yeah. like the shoulder the investiture one. That's a part of your body. The seal. Seal my heart, seal my forehead. It, it's a part of your body. Glorified uh, body. Right. You know, um, let's see, what else have we have? The, the star rock is, um, it, it has something to do with the internal component of the throne seat, you know, that's inside. Um, because it, it'll say that in Numbers 24 17, so that was investiture three. Um, the star rock. Uh, because it, it'll it'll call like you know we do this in Hollywood we call them stars but um, it'll it'll call uh, speaking of Jesus as being a future kingship we'll call them a star or you know, call them a rock or a comet and so there's this component internal component called the star rock that's uh, built on the human soul the cornerstone inside the temple and then you have this another component is uh, Shikar so Shikar is uh, it's another uh, visioning component and now uh, now now we have uh, Shimihaza 
So now we got another vision component that's that's uh, being it's a part of the framework of the glorified man. So this investiture is what's received receiving internally, right? You all right? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, and we'll see. We don't we don't know. We have two more to go. What they are. Um, also, I, I try to make this like, uh, anyways, try to make this as simple as possible. Let me make sure I cover it on my notes here. Yeah. There's more work by Andre uh, Orlov that's, like, I have a link on there. He, he's highly prolific and he's in, uh, I think, uh, Marquette, Marquette University in Wisconsin. Um, but he has he's published in these areas a lot, and so I I'm just going to take the 120 major white page right now. But there's so much depth that he's done, I, it might be worth looking into. But yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, cast out of the Phantom Zone, which was kind of funny because I was sharing some of this with Kara and Leander's like. It's like the Phantom's on Dad, like in Batman, Lego Batman. He's like, where all the evil guys go into the Phantom's on? And I was like, I was like, son, I was like, I mean, he's just, he's just prophetic, you know. He's just like, I said, I'm gonna call this thing casting out of the Phantom's on, you know, uh, or placed into the Phantom's on, or cast whatever, or you know, cast into the Phantom's on. But just something in us, just casting the phantom out and once the phantom's out you can see because you don't have some false image um, at all so that relates to the naming God showing us who we are yes he's taking the false image in us out yeah and and honestly a rejection of that a rejection of that would be a rejection of that a rejection of that name would would, would keep the phantom in there yeah because that's what the word's doing, it's separating that. And, you know, Tom Gross said this Sunday's like, Carol, I've had like an identity of doctor, husband, father. He said, and I mean, tears are in his eyes. It really touched me a lot. It was so godly when he said, it's, I realized my identity is, in the, is with the father. And so it's, you know, it's outside the birth of like Frankie's saying in Ultimate Attention, it's, it's beyond just kingdom creation. I mean, fall creation. It's in the Father. Yeah. You know, and that's what this is, the, the, naming of, the naming is about. It's about, you know, being in the Father. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's going to cause a, a random blowout. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the blowout. It's gonna blow out one way or the other. <laughs> right. People are like, I just got my identity revealed by the father. This is amazing. Or people are gonna blow out the opposite way, like, you just exposed me. I, I hate you, I'm gonna run. You're you know, just freak out. Yeah. Yeah, weird. Violence. Yeah, because uh, that text that I got about Dynamo is a machine for converting mechanical energy into electrical energy. You know, plus, plus. Yeah. 
which means power. So that's, that's cool being in the cement going into iron because cement falls under 60 for power and, and uh, iron falls under 70. It's a number 70 the gematria uh, for power. Um, cool. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, how, do you have any ideas about how that might apply to my quiet time yesterday, feeling like I was in one thing one. Um, and I get some of it is kind of obvious, but anything else on that? I, did, I, I, I think you probably are like, because you're Benjamin, you're like leaping across one ten one to one ten five in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because it says, and that's probably why we're meeting today, is, but it says, you know, at his right hand. <coughs> He will strike down kings in the day of his wrath, or the day of his power. Uh, you know, and so I, I, my perception is that's what's. I mean, you know, you're, you're probably also becoming, you know, more attentive to who you are. You know, just learning. Uh, you know, just learning. Says here, we're seated at his right hand, Benjamin, to rule with him. Uh, in the NET version, or TPT version, uh, the Lord stands in full authority to shatter to pieces the kings who stand against you on the day he displays his terrible wrath. You know, uh, this, I mean, this, I, I think I, I brought this up in uh, Moby Condor, but in Moby Dick, uh, oh, what was the first part of that? Uh, because this has to do with, um, it's in the extracts part of uh, Moby Dick and the poor devil of a sub-sub. Even before, let's see, he says, I have seen, I will be seen that this mere painstaking burr and grub worm of a poor devil of a sub-sub appears to have gone through the long Vatican's and street stalls of the earth picking up whatever random allusions to wells he could anyways find in any book whatsoever sacred or profane then he says so fare thee well poor devil of a sub sub whose commentator i am thou belongest to the hopeless sallow tribe which no one of the world will ever warm and for whom even pale sheriff would be too rosy strong but with whom one sometimes loves to sit and feel poor devilish too and grow connivable upon tears and say to them bluntly with full eyes and empty glasses, give it up sub subs for how much the more pains you take to please the world by so much more shall you ever go thankless. Would I that I could clear out Hampton Court and the Tories for you. And what he's saying is, and I believe 
Melville's inspired by Lucifer personally in this book. Right. And he's saying, I want to clear out the monarch, the British and French monarchy. I, I want to clear out the Hampton Court. He hates uh, monarchy. He hates family. He hates royal family. And then he says, and this sub sub, he's saying these people that go into denotation, connotation don't go deep enough that, but, but he is. And then he goes on, he says, um, and he's saying that even in the Vatican and other people there, I mean, the devil knows all this. He knows that people are so trick, tricked. He says, but gulp down your tears and pile off to the royal mass with your hearts for your friends who have gone before are clearing out the seven story heavens and making refugees of the long hampered Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. Cause he, you know, he, Lucifer's angry at Michael and Gabriel and Raphael against your coming. And then he says this interesting thing. Here you strike not splintered hearts together. There you shall strike unsplinterable glasses. And when it, when he says this to me, it makes me think of this false or phantom self. Like Alice in Wonderland, there's Lewis Carroll deals with this, of going through the looking glass. Um, uh, Tom Gross missed it, mentioned it Sunday, how light refracts through water and then out of it comes, you know, a spectrum. Um, a, you know, a seven aspect spectrum. I know this is kind of complex talking, but you know, I'm drawing on literature now, like Moby Dick here. I can also draw out a film, like when Ray in the, uh, the trilogy, in the Star Wars trilogy, she'll go down into that deep cavern, you'll see all this glass and she sees herself yeah. through time or something. Yeah. You know, there's something to all of that related to the phantom image inside of man that doesn't allow us to see through or see through, uh, see properly uh, because our image has been cracked and splintered and the enemy gets into this these splinter or crack in the human consciousness and can pull himself up in that place inside of man and the Lord wants to strike down that like Shimmy Haza uh, we can have this restored to our investiture and, you know, strike the kings of the day of the Lord's wrath and be struck down uh, the, the phantom image. Uh, uh, because it's being restored back to royalty, restored back to and that, Because this thing is just immersed in our culture. And so, like you said, you know, the remnant will receive this and can be restored. Um, but like Jonathan Edwards, the uncle, in the midst of revival, goes out and takes his own life. And his own uncle, because he refuses to repent. He won't let God deal with that place, that splintered, fracked image place. And the thing is, is if you come through God's darkness training, which after going through four or five years of that, you've been through it too. Uh, you can't get the light to transmit out of you. 
because the darkness is so great. So the light can transmit out. But I mean, what we're doing, when the work puts more power on this, what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen. He's going to have a team on the ground that this movement, that this light going to come out. It's going to expose the false, the phantom image inside of even the remnant we're inside of others. It'll expose. Uh, and it's for the purpose of redemption. It's a, it's a redeeming thing. But it could cause uh, death. It, it, it could cause it could cause uh, people to reject. You know, I think that's why people feel the Lord. It's because he is exposing everything. All at one time. And then he's like, hey guys, don't tell anybody about this. I'm going to show you something. <laughs> I don't want you know, I'm going to take off my, my uh, carpenter of Nazareth skin suit and show you what's really going on. This yeah. is my message for her. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. There it is. Shane Cosmo. Cool. Yeah, just send me that and I'll, I'll probably just punch that out to the lighter. You know, you'll. And I am his promised bride and I'm destined to wear white and my chest is full of hope and a dress and veil as snow and he said he'd come for me he'd know I'm ready and my heart is aching for the coming of the Lord I must get ready now and I must get ready now I must get ready I must get ready now. 